It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Buff Nation! Let's go! Friday vibes here at the DMVR bar. DMVR Buffs Primetime, presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations, 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. Jake Schwanitz, RK, as always. How's your Friday been so far, bro? It has been fantastic. It'll be better when we get to 100 likes by the first ad break. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a packed first segment. Yes. Packed Emphasis with news. On pack. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe not very maybe much not. longer, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, we are going to talk about Sal Sanseri becoming the defensive tackles coach or looking to become the defensive tackles coach at Colorado. But first... Looks like the Big 12 is actually looking west, and uh, the Pac-12 situation has really deteriorated. Um, we may be in a new conference here Very in soon. this month, yes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that... I guess you, it could be announced this month that they're going to a new Right, yeah. Um, Jake, I think this is happening. I think so, too. And I don't. when I say this, I mean the end of the Pac-12, if I'm being completely honest. Yep. Um, the latest, the flavor of the day is Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State to the Big 12. That could be it. Um, but I have been talking to people in and around the program over the last couple of days. I said on the show yesterday, I'll, I'll hit up some people. And from what I've heard, the feeling about the future of the Pac-12 has dramatically shifted recently. Mm -hmm. And that is not good for the Pac-12. Uh, and I guess the way that I heard it is there was optimism about the, the TV deal in the contract within, you know, post-Coach Prime, I should say, in that, in that time period. And that optimism is now, at the very least, seriously waning. Uh, and so I, I think we could be heading towards some news here very soon. I think so, too. The Athletic put out an article today, the Big 12 looking west, Pac-12 looking for a TV deal, what we're hearing on realignment from Max Olson and Stuart Mandel. Um, I mean, they're kind of going back covering this whole situation to eight months ago when the Big 12 signed their TV deal. Um, at that point in time, George Kolovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, said no Pac-12 school is going to the Big 12. Um, and then the Baylor athletic director, Mac Rhodes, on Tuesday on a Baylor podcast basically said that uh, it's looking like Pac-12 is going to lose some teams here. Uh, the exact quote is, I don't think any of us are trying to dismantle the Pac-12. There's opportunity, and whenever the TV media deal comes to fruition and if those institutions decide that it's not good for them, then the Big 12 will be ready. And that is probably as simply as I can say it. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12, their angle in this is obvious, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they are trying to be the other conference. Um, we, uh, we've we talked on this show several times about how it's going to two. Well, it looks like before it goes to two, it's going to go to three. Mm -hmm. And the Big 12 is positioning themselves to be that third conference. Now, there's no rule that says the Big 12 can't succeed and be the third conference, right? Uh, and, you know, who knows how dram dramatic the shift will be, but maybe it's there's only three auto bids to the eight-team playoff, and mm -hmm. you know it's the winners of those three conferences, or maybe the top two in each conference makes the playoffs, and the rest are at large. Whatever it may be, but the Big 12 is essentially saying, let's just land grab here as much as we can. Yep. Uh, as all these other conferences fall down around them, we'll we'll have the money to sustain this at least for now. And hey. Who's to say um, Colorado or Utah or 
you know, uh, you know, who are some of the other schools they have in there? TCU, one of those schools can't, you know, start, start can't win a championship and make this thing really sustainable. So their their objective is clear: mm-hmm. get everyone you can while you can, expand this thing as big as you can while you can, to be in position to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC. For and Col- that, go ahead. Really quickly for Colorado, they're looking around at the Pac-12 and just saying like, okay, we're we're as hot as we've ever been. You're as cold as you've ever been. We can't allow, We can't go down with you yeah. uh, as a sinking ship. Um, the Big 12, as you said, kind of they're being aggressive with this. And basketball is actually playing a big part of it. They've kept in touch with Gonzaga uh, for basketball rights. Obviously, if you get an Arizona, um, it kind of lessens the blow of not having UCLA potentially, uh, just going after Pac-12 schools. Uh, Big 12 commissioner Brent Yormack said this in February – I think we have an opportunity to monetize basketball in a way that hasn't been done before. It's certainly something I'm thinking about. So if that opportunity exists where within the construct of what makes sense for expansion, as part of that, we could double down on basketball and further cement our leadership position. Um, it's just looking more and more likely. Again, I think what I've read is that the Pac-12, if they are going to get a TV deal, it's going to be this month. I think we're having... Pac-12 execs and ADs meeting in Las Vegas during these Pac-12 tournaments that are going on right now. Um, so stay tuned. It's uh, ever-shifting, but it uh, looks like we're coming to a conclusion here shortly. Yeah, things are about to get spicy for sure. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I, I, like, I didn't want to see the Pac-12 go no. down. I would have loved to see the Pac-12 flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bad feeling about the way things were going when USC and UCLA bolted. Yep. Um, but I would have been in for... You know the that path, the Joel Clatt path that we talked about mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago, which was, hey, you take USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12, well, Colorado is going to be you know one of the teams competing for a Pac-12 championship every year, and that's going to mean competing for a college football playoff berth. Right. I'm in on that. Unfortunately, the Pac-12 has been a fucking disaster yeah. for a long time now, mm-hmm. and the bill has come due for all the idiotic decisions that they've made going back to you know allowing larry scott to run the conference uh and and when we look back on the death of the pac-12 conference we will point to you let larry scott run this shit Mm -hmm. for too long and he drove it into a place that the next guy who i kind of feel bad for wasn't able to rescue you know i mean i remember they're talking about the rent that they were paying at their bay area headquarters the, the, the salary that they were paying to Larry Scott himself, all of this stuff was just like irresponsible, idiotic, corporate bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for lack of a better term, you fucked around and found out. Yep. Pac-12's blood is on Larry Scott's hands for sure. Absolutely. Um, let's move on. We'll keep tabs on this as we move through the coming weeks. I'm sure we'll get some more news. But it looks like the Buffs are actually going to hire Sal Sanciri to be their defensive tackles coach. Spent the last four years at Alabama, of course, with Coach Kelly. Um, he also worked with Coach Kelly at Florida State from 2013 to 2014. Um, was Tennessee's defensive coordinator for a while back. I mean, this guy's coached all over the SEC. He's coached in the NFL, too. Coach Prime, again, doesn't miss. Nope. And we'll see what happens here. It's a very, like... It's an interesting hire, and it's a guy who's super uh, experienced. Curious what his recruiting chops are, but when you have Charles Kelly and you have Nick Williams uh, and you have the guys that you have on that defensive staff, you don't you don't need everyone on there to be an ace recruiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know when you've been at Alabama, you know what big time recruiting looks like. Uh, just going through Salson Series two four seven sports page of his all time commits, Ryan. Do you remember Cyrus? Quanjo. Cyrus Quanjo, yes, a former Denver Bronco. Yes, sir. He was a five-star they recruit. Him the mountain. I've never seen a shoe as large <laughs> as the ones that that man had in his locker. I mean, it just looked like, I don't know, like a like a lifeboat on the side of a cruise ship. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Josh Sweat, pretty yep. good player. Beast. Uh, someone named Jalen Ramsey. Oh, he could play. He could play. Uh, <laughs> another guy named Will Anderson. Okay. He was primary recruiter on Second, Secondary on those guys. Okay. Primary for Cyrus Quanjo and Josh Sweat. Okay. Um, who else do we got here? Des Moines Kennedy, primary recruiter. Let's go, my guy. Yep. 
Uh, that's about it for now. A lot of names, though. Great idea here from the H family. All the Bama DTs should transfer to CU now. Yes, <laughs> let's get it going. Um, yeah, this is a pretty impressive list to look at. He's obviously been coaching a long time, so he can he can work the recruiting trail as well. Yep. 59 likes on the first ad break. Mm, that is S 41 short of where we needed to be. It's a shame. We'll give you guys a second chance. While we shout out our friends at Breckenridge Brewery, Breckenridge Brewery and DMVR have teamed up to give some lucky DMVR fans the ultimate game day experience. Today, we gave away the tickets for the Avs game. That is next week. Um, and then we are giving away tickets to the Nuggets game on March 30th. That is a Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans. You have up until a week before that game uh, is played. So 23rd of March would be the deadline there. You get two tickets, courtside row two, club Lexus access, parking pass, and DMVR gear. Head on over to thednvr.com slash sweeps and complete the form to enter. Must be 21 years or older. Links are also in the show description. And again, winners will be selected one week before the game. And then shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big game tonight, Ryan. Nuggets That's, versus uh, Grizz. Yes, I think I'm going to come back to the DMDR bar and uh, hang out to watch that one. So a little fact action? Yep, yep, exactly. Friday afternoon club for yes. those wondering. Um, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. They've, all got, they've got all kinds of great no-sweat SGPs um, and bonus bets if you scroll across the top of the homepage. Download the app now and sign up with code DMVR, and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Nuggets are coming out with a vengeance tonight, just letting you know. Um, they got punked by the Grizzlies at Memphis last weekend. Yep. Not happening tonight. Uh, I just have a feeling they are going to come out strong. So Nuggets minus one and a half in the first quarter. Love that. Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. There's your pick of the weekend, I guess. You have F1 to bet on this weekend. I am so hyped about Jake that. Jake is a huge F1 guy. I can't wait. I'm really hyped. Um, let's get into some of the video from yesterday. All right, let's do it. Cutting it up and pulling a lot of these out. Um, I mean... We talked about it yesterday. Coach Kelly was impressive. Coach Hart was impressive. I came away pretty impressed just going back and listening to what Coach Williams had to say. Um, and I loved Coach Mathis' story. We'll get into all of that. We'll start with Coach Kelly from the top. Um, this is a question on why he chose CU and why he left Alabama to go to CU. Whenever you're ready, Alyssa. You know, it's interesting. So when I finished college and first got into coaching, one of the most dominant programs in the country at that time was Colorado. Um, I was a young defensive back coach, and uh, at that time, Colorado probably had the best defensive backs and one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, one of the first coaches that I ever clinicked with was a guy named Greg Brown, who was here for a long time, a uh, long-time coach in the NFL. He was one of my early mentors, you know, as a young coach. So I've always been fascinated, you know, with uh, – the tradition, you know, of, of Colorado. I've spent most of my time in the South, mainly because that's just kind of where it worked out. Um, I never limited my, I never went into this business saying I want to limit myself to a certain area. And, um, you know, in recruiting, you have to recruit all over. Um, so when I was at Bama, Florida State, Georgia Tech, well, we recruited nationwide. So I, it, that was good for me to create a lot of relationships and meet a lot of people along the way. And when this opportunity came up, you make decisions based off of people. And when Coach Prime got this job, there was no hesitation for me. I knew it was something that, that had a chance to be very special and I wanted to be a part of it. The admiration for Colorado and Coach Prime is strong, Ryan. I mean, think about what he's saying there. You know, this is about people, right? He's leaving Nick Saban <laughs> yeah. to go work with Coach Prime. And I don't necessarily think it's a slight to Coach Saban because obviously he got a title promotion here. Um, but think about that. It's all about people. When Coach Prime got this job, it was a no-brainer. Leaving Nick Saban to be with Coach Prime. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Very crazy. Um, I mean, he's not the only coach we've heard that from, too. A lot of coaches heard that once this opportunity kind of came across 
their desk, they couldn't pass it up. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. Like, man, I have a chance to go with Coach Prime to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I got to see what this is going to be like. Like, I got to be a part of this, yeah. you know? To be on a fly, fly on the wall in that conversation, too, when he brings it up to Saban for the first time, like, thinking about leaving for Colorado, like, how that went. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I don't know. I assume those things are usually told to that coach, as a matter of fact, more than, like, I'm thinking right, about, right. like, hey, coach, I got an amazing opportunity to go join Coach Prime at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do it. Um, I also think it's a huge dub for us. Like I can't say all, but I bet most of the wives of these coaches, when they hear, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of taking a job in Boulder, Colorado. They like that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, next question. My question to coach Kelly, just asking him about his chops as a recruiter and how he's become one of, if not the best recruiter in the entire country. Hey, Coach, Jake Schwanitz, DMVR Sports. Uh, your track record as a recruiter kind of speaks for itself. I'm just curious, from your perspective, what do you think makes you such a great recruiter? Well, I, I think, listen, recruiting, and I've said this a lot of times, recruiting is not about one person. It's just like raising a child. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to recruit a player. And I think when you're, a, you know, when you're in charge, or maybe what we call the lead recruiter, if you're the lead recruiter, what you have to figure out is what is that young man looking for? And then what, from there, you want to put them in contact with the people that, you know, fit those things that he's looking for. Um, I've, I've worked for a lot of great head coaches, and the head coach has a lot to do with how you can recruit. I, mean, I told somebody the other day, I, I think one of, the, uh, one of the things that excited me the most was having an opportunity to recruit for Coach Prime. Uh, But there are a lot of people involved. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get more of the credit than you you deserve. And then sometimes you have, uh, I have impacts on recruiting other players that, you know, maybe I'm not supposedly my name is on, but it's, so it's a group effort. And it always has been. Everywhere I've worked, I've been fortunate enough to work around a lot of good assistant coaches, and they they help you along the way in that. Um, but the you know I think in recruiting it's about building relationships and finding out doing a lot more listening than you do talking because people will tell you what they want and what they're looking for, and if you have an opportunity to to provide that, then you have a chance to get that player. That is the top recruiter in the entire country, and now he coaches at Colorado. What a time to be alive. Insane, man. But it was interesting. I mean, you know, you asked Coach Brew the same question. He was very willing to oh, yeah. tell you why he's a great recruiter. Charles Kelly didn't really answer the question, uh, you know, in true coach fashion. Right. right? Most coaches are just going to say, hey, it's a credit to the people around me. Um, he did mention the relationships thing, but... Charles Kelly is like a international man of mystery. He really is. Like I'm very, I just, the more I hear from him, the more intrigued I am by him. I want to, I wish, uh, you know, speaking of fly on the wall, I just want to see him recruit a player. I want to see what goes into that. What makes him so special in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned it. They both talked about the relationships. I think obviously that's just a key in coaching, a key in just the whole industry is relationships as a whole. And that's every industry. For sure, and it's how you last as long as guys like Coach Kelly and Coach Brew, though. Yep, absolutely. Um, next question I thought was pretty interesting. Eric Christensen asked him kind of how Bama's culture of winning can come to Colorado and whether there's a secret sauce about it. Whenever you're ready, Alyssa. Hey, Coach. Eric Christensen with CBS4 TV in Denver. Um, Alabama's had great success over the past however many seasons. Um <laughs> But a lot of teams have talent. They've been very talented, but a lot of teams have talent. Right. So what's been the secret sauce that's been able to elevate Alabama? And does that secret sauce travel? Can you bring it to Boulder? Well, I can tell you this. I, I've been very fortunate to work for Nick Saban. Um, I think, you know, I, there's no doubt he's proven that uh, he's the, the greatest of all time, you know, coaching. And he, he has an ima- – he has a – He's very intelligent, very smart, but he's very disciplined. And what I learned from coach is to be consistent in everything you do. 
and you learn. You don't get complacent. You try to learn. You try to find new things out there that can, that can help your program. Um, I would say for, for Coach Saban and at Alabama is probably the consistency of how he does things. And, yes, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons why I wanted to work for Coach Saban was to be able to work alongside of him and be able to see what he does on a daily basis. So I think when you work with people, there's no doubt that you take things from them that try to help you in the future, and I will definitely do that. Now, uh, I also understand this. You can't copy anybody. You know, you have to have your own personality. And I've said this to the players to begin with. This, this won't be – this is going to be Colorado's defense. It's going to be our defense. That's what we want it to be. And we want to – but we have to establish, you know, the criteria and we have to establish our identity just like you talked about. We've got to do that, you know, consistently. But as far as a magic dust – there is no magic dust. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, we have a teaching progression that we go through. Um, I think teaching is very important because I believe coaching counts. And I believe from position-wise to scheme-wise, everything, there's a, there's a process that you have to go through. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Charles Kelly. He said something there that I just hope Coach Prime interprets the same way that I interpret it. Consistency. Nick Saban has been at Alabama for over 15 years now, right? Started, I believe he started in 2006. Um, I mean, it's close to 15, if not 15. So. Yeah, I think it's more. That is part of this. And obviously, you know, Coach Prime could go f from Colorado to Auburn, say, and lay down roots there and just say, okay, this is where I'm sticking forever. Like mm -hmm. I'm at the, you know, I'm at a top tier program in the SEC and this is where I'm going to get my consistency. But, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that he can create a powerhouse of the West at Colorado, you know, the, the fill the hole that uh, USC has left open for so many years. And that is part of this, right? Like Nick Saban had built up the Alabama brand can get pretty much any coach he wants in the country as soon as one guy leaves for another job and just keeps like churning out this consistent product over and over and over again. And not just consistent from staying at the same school, but pushing the same message, you know, um, having the same ideals and just hammering that in day in, day out for so long that like excellence is the only thing there now. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's expected of you or, you know, like you show up and you adhere to excellence or you're just gone um and i think that 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 that's absolutely true as to why he's able to build what he's built uh and, and why clemson comes up and goes down and georgia has their moment in the sun but they probably won't be able to hang as long as he's done it uh and, and there's just something to, to be said about that for sure man you're looking at uh this is what culture change looks and sounds like yep it's exactly what's going on uh next up we've got coach andre hart and Ryan, your question to him, whenever you're ready, Alyssa. Konigsberg from DNVR. You said something in the Amazon Prime documentary. You said, uh, I'm going to be a head coach one day because of Coach Prime. Yeah. I was curious if you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so when I, when I got back into coaching, uh, um, um, I met Prime. Well, I was with George Teague first, uh, coaching at a, a Carrollton Christian High School in North Dallas. And I met a guy who became a brother to me named George Hageman. He asked me if I'd uh, do some volunteer coaching at a youth program in Oak Cliff, which is the area I'm from. I was born and raised there. So I went down there and, and found out it was Prime's team. Didn't know that. And we kind of gravitate each other. And uh, it's always been, when you are mentored by somebody, I always like to tell them where I want to go. And I told him I wanted to be a head coach. And since that day has happened, he has brought me along and taken me everywhere uh, that he's been. And I'm appreciative of that. He's opened doors, and I've been able to get into places that I might not have been able to get in myself. And because of that, my personality is shine, my hard work is shine, and uh, he's given me the avenue to become a head coach, and I will be. That is Mr. Future Head Coach, Andre Hart. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, I could listen to him talk all day. Yeah, he's great. There's something about him. Yep. Uh, 
I could. Ju- he just the way he talks is very compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Very uh, passionate too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I, I'm. I'm looking forward to. Uh, to to just learning more and seeing more, Coach Hart because he is going to be a head coach one day, uh, and I think he's going to do it really well. I think so too. Uh, next question, kind of just on the process of uh, Coach Prime and Coach Hart coming to Colorado. Hi, Coach Adam. What's your Tiger 24-7 sports? Coach Prime mentioned that he was out to lunch with you when he made the decision to take the head coaching job here. What do you remember about that lunch, and what was your reaction when he said he was going to take this job? Yeah, we were talking about how cold it was and remote, and yeah, we don't know anything. And next thing you know, he picked up the phone. He was like, hey, we coming. And that's where the slogan comes. I was like, where are we going? And he said, well, we're going to Colorado. And I'd never been there before, but uh, – we were just really talking about the opportunity. And here's, here's the thing we've done. We were sitting there and we were saying, you know, in all of our coaching adventures, we've went where no one has expected us to go. We've done things that no one has expected us to do in programs uh, that people may have said have fallen off. We don't believe that so. We just, you have to go and you have to work. And so by doing that, isolating ourselves, we put ourselves back to back. He can rely on me, I can rely on him, especially the other coaches we've been with for so long. And we thought that would be the best uh, formula or antidote to have a successful team, because that's what we've done. We could have went to some other schools where we had friends and associates that resources that may have helped us, but it wouldn't have been just us. We'd have had to take in a lot more characters and personalities, and that's not the antidote. That's not how we've won, that's not how we've turned over programs. It's been us, and uh, it's been an infectious us coming in and breeding a winning attitude a dominating attitude. And the only way to do that is to stay focused. Um, you know, you got these cars now, right, that have the, the voiceovers, the OnStar and stuff like that. If you go in and there's a different voice that speaks, it's not going to turn on. It's not going to work. It only works for a certain voice, for a certain attitude and a certain temperament. And we wanted to make sure that stayed the same as we came into Colorado to make the Buffs the best team in college football. I love that. I thought it was so fascinating how he said, you know, we picked this spot because it's still kind of us. We didn't have to take in extra personalities, extra characters. It's just us. I mean, if we would have gone somewhere else, we would have diluted that. I love it because that formula has worked. Mm-hmm. I do have to tell my guy, Coach Hart, that the uh, OnStar <laughs> thing is like at least 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now those uh, voice recognition softwares respond to all voices. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Uh, next one, uh, Coach O'Boyle was asked about this last week, just how they've been, how the coaches have been perceived and just received on the recruiting trail. Here's Andre's Hart, Andre Hart's response to that question. Hi, Coach. Uh, Jack Carlo, Buffalo's Wire. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you've been on the road a lot the past couple weeks. Yeah. Just wondering how that went for you and just what are people kind of saying about Colorado around the country? I'm telling you what, we up and coming. I mean, it, it, is, it is amazing the amount of attention we've gotten. Um, you know, people are excited when we hit the door. Um, they see the brand, the Buffalo, and uh, head coaches are welcoming us with open arms. They're actually leaving other groups of coaches to come talk to us. Players are excited. Uh, they can't wait to get up here. This is a gold mine up here. What you guys have is so beautiful. It's a lot of people who have not came down 36 and come over that little high rise and see that front range. And that's when I start talking. I don't say anything until I get them over that front range and you can see where the football guys are going to watch us play football. And they love it. And, and the atmosphere is great. Uh, the community is great. And they just, they're just surprised at what you have here and the facilities are amazing. So uh, it doesn't take much um, to sell this place once we get them here. But on the road, they are anticipating something great and they can't wait to see what we got in store. Can you be a sleeping giant in a gold mine at the same time? Yes. Colorado's yes. that. Uh, man, I love that. Where the football gods are going to watch us play football. Yep. That feels proper for the way that I feel about Folsom Field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, and, and for those of you who haven't been there and who are going to be there, I'm curious if you if you guys will feel it the way that I do. Like. When you set foot in that building, it feels like there's like magic there. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like there is some sort of like higher football power that mm-hmm. is like present in in the stadium when you're there, and like there's like sunbeams coming down over yep. the mountains. Uh, and, and the way that he said that, like really, 
I don't know. It resonated with me. Where the football gods are going to watch us play football is like, yes, thank you. Yep. He gets it, man. Uh, last question from Andre Hart. A lot of your guys' uh, JSU fans, you're one of your favorite players there. Jeremiah Brown, whenever you're ready, Alyssa. Coach Jake Schwannis, DMVR Sports. Just curious about Jeremiah Brown. What kind of player is Colorado getting in him, and how versatile of a piece will he be for this defense? Jeremiah Brown is a high-motor kid. He's going to give you everything he has on every single down he's out there. He's, he works hard from the offseason to the season to the postseason. Uh, he's going to be consistent. Uh, he's going to take some of the most immaculate notes you've ever seen in your life. And, uh, and he studies. He knows it's more than just his physical talent, but it's also how much you mentally put into the game. So you're going to get a kid you're going to see on uh, Saturday who's going to play multiple positions, but he's going to make some noise when he gets out there, whether it's special teams or playing on our outside edge as, as a buck linebacker for us. How excited are you for Jeremiah Brown, Ryan? Quite. Quite. I mean, I, he's a dog, right? He is. And Absolutely. That's what... That's one of the many things that this team was lacking. But, like, you know, when you're lacking talent and you're lacking dogs, that's when you have people put 50 and 60 on you. Mm -hmm. um, so you gotta, you got to have both, right? You have yep. that talent. You, and hopefully you get talented dogs, which I think he is one of them. But uh, I'm, I'm just excited. For, I'm so excited to watch this defense get after it. Uh, he mentioned that buff or buckbacker. Kind of hold that thought once we get to Nick Williams because you had a question for him about that and he further expounds on it. Yep. Uh, we're going to go to Kevin Mathis right now, another guy who's been with Coach Prime a long time. Uh, and this is him kind of describing him and Coach Prime's relationship. Hi, Hi Coach. Uh, Nikki Edwards, uh, TU Sports Report. You and Coach Prime have had a relationship all the way back to the Dallas Cowboys when you're an undrafted free agent. He came there. You guys are both playing the position. What did you learn from him during that time during the NFL, and how did that relationship kind of blossom from that first encounter? Wow. Uh, I guess um, he really took me under his wing. You know, people, people, what they don't understand is he wasn't there because he was still playing baseball when I, when I first got. So he didn't go to spring, uh, spring football. He wasn't there. He'd fly in every now and then, but it was something about me. Uh, just the way he saw me practice, the things that I, the way I handled myself on the field, that that um, made him pour into me, and and it just continued, you know, everywhere I went, he's always been a, a mentor of mine, you know, I think like he he does, so I'm I'm really an extension of him on that you know on the field, especially in coaching, because he taught me the majority of the things that I that I know at that position, so uh, and that's why, you know, this is probably. Uh, if, if, to be the corners coach anywhere with him would probably be the hardest job for anybody because he, he's the best ever played the game. So I think it gives him a sense of a relief that I can coach him because I'm, I'm speaking the same language and he ought to really I go out there and touch, touch him. So he trusts me to, uh, to uh, relay the messages to these uh, DBs. Even though we have different paths on how we got to the NFL, he was the first-round draft pick. I was a free agent, but the grind is still the same. People don't understand how hard and how much he works. And they just look at his athletic ability when he played. But he was, he was probably the hardest worker uh, on the field. And when I played with him, I was, I was the backup. But I never got to practice because he took every rep in practice. You know? So it wasn't like that he would you know, come in and play, practice two or three plays and come out. But it, he would price every, every play, him, and uh, Michael Irvin would go at every play. So the competition that he's expecting, I know what he's talking about. And I know that's why he's successful, and that's why he's the best at the game, uh, best corner ever played the game, because he practices like that every day. Ryan, I just love how you know we talk about Coach Prime. We're really talking admiration about him. Mm -hmm. And these people and coaches who have been around him for 20 plus years still talk that same way about him man it's yeah i mean he's different like he just is uh and you know i've talked about this a lot but the things that coach prime's haters believe about him if they were true you would not see kevin mathis right following him exactly. this long you would not see andre hart 
following him this long, you would not see Sean Lewis leaving his job as a head coach to become the Coach Prime's offensive coordinator. Like this idea of this egomaniac who only cares about himself, that that would get around and it would stop people from wanting to you know spend their entire lives around mm -hmm. him. But it's not true. Uh, and it's why you have people like that speak about him in that way. Not only people like that, but players like Travis Hunter gravitate towards Coach Prime, which is what this next question is about. Whenever you're ready. Hi, Coach Adam Mostert Tiger from 24/7 Sports. With Travis Hunter, what, what is it about him that separates him from the average corner? And I was also curious: was he ever really healthy for you during he, his freshman season? Yeah, Travis is a, is, is a unique unique player, and uh, he has great skills. He has uh, uh, his competition. Uh, his competitiveness is, is, is out the door. Uh, him being a corner, he, he's a different type of corner. You know, he, he, he's really just a football player. I, and I tell Coach Prime this when, I was, when we was recruiting him and I watched him on film, I said the difference between Coach Prime, Charles Woodson, and all these other guys who played two-way, they were more corners playing DB, I mean playing receiver. And when I look at Travis, I see Travis more as a receiver Playing DB, he just had his skill level was just out the door, especially when we're talking about ball skills. Now he's raw at both positions, receiver and DB. But his his competitiveness, his his willing to to be the best on the field, want to be the best on the field, no matter who's out there. That's what makes him uh, a high level player because he's so competitive. He wants to be the best at what he does, so he studies hard and he he really go out there and give it all. But as you said, he was not healthy last year. He, he went through some injuries with his ankle that he had in high school and never really got uh, back to 100%. I think the first game he played, he came in there. We had a, we had a conversation with me, him, and Coach Pride right before the game, and he said he was 80%, and I knew. And me and Coach Pride both knew that he was not even close to being uh, 60%. But he went out there and played, had a great game, and then re-injured it. And, you know, that just kept lingering on during this year. He had a chance to get healthy. I think he's going to be ready to go now. Travis Hunter, a wide receiver playing DB, huh? I respect uh, – well, first of all, that – I mean, it's just, it's just great. But I respect – you know, we watched the Amazon Prime and we saw kind of Coach Prime saying, I, I, I relate to uh, Travis wanting to play so bad, so I'm going to let him to play. Mm -hmm. I just hope that doesn't happen again. Yep. Um, Got to get him to 100%. Got to keep him at 100%. And obviously, no one plays at 100% after week one. But uh, you can't, like, essentially having him that way cost them a whole season of true Travis Hunter. I think in maybe in the celebration bowls when we saw, like, the most peak Travis sure. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, but I understand it and, and I get why they did it. I just know more of that. Yeah. I agree. Um, it was a weird situation, too, kind of playing in front of his family and stuff yeah, that yeah, first no. game. So. Like I said, I get it. Um, next question about the cornerback on the other side, Mr. Carmani McLean and the impact that having those two can do for a defense. Hey, Coach, Jake Schwannis, DMVR Sports. Um, on the other side of that, with Carmani McLean coming in, what does that allow you guys to do defensively, having two corners that talented? Well, just looking at our, you know, we'll start from the head coach. We're probably the only place in America that's going to start from the outside ends with our corners because that's who he is. That's uh, that's what we that's what we want to build our brand on. We want to make sure our guys on the outside are locked down, and uh, we got two good ones. All right, now they need work, but I'm, and and they're going to get work. I'm saying, but we got two good ones on the outside that that uh, that's going to allow us to do what we need to do on the inside on the defense to make plays. Uh, both of those guys are are young. And they, they got a lot of technique work that they need to work on, but that's what I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be my job to make sure that those guys are playing at the top and being, being the two of the best corners in the league. You know, that's what the, uh, that's what the people in the write-up say they're good. I'm saying it's going to be up to me to make them good. I'm saying, and I'm going to push them every day. I don't care if they five-star, six-star, no-stars. We're going to work them hard, and, and we're going to train them up right to make sure that they're they doing the best thing for, uh, to make this Colorado defense great doing their thing on the outside so that they can let the inside guys do their thing. I love it. You know what I was thinking about? He said, we're the only team in the country that builds from the outside in. My Madden team. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
<laughs> so we only got to make four picks in the fantasy draft. Uh huh. My first pick was Justin Herbert. My second pick was Jamar Chase. Then my third pick was AJ Terrell. Mm. And my fourth pick was Derek Stingley. Let's go. So, you know, uh, I'm, we're on the same page. Me, me, Coach Prime. Maybe Colorado's the second team in the country <laughs> to build outside in then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, finally, we have Coach Nick Williams. Um, we'll show my question to him, and then we'll get to Ryan's. Hey, Coach. Jake Schwannis, DMVR Sports. Uh, you mentioned that you met Coach Prime a while ago, and he <clears> said that he was going to hire you one day. Uh, when he was coming to Colorado, did you know that that would be this opportunity for you? I didn't. I didn't. Um, I was hoping it was, and um, it kind of God kind of answer, answered those prayers. But I just remember I always thought about what he said when I was re- at the University of Georgia recruiting uh, his sons, and it always—I I can't lie—it was on my mind, you know, for years, you know. And I hope that I would have the opportunity to come. And like I said, God answered those prayers, and I got the call. So. I think that's one of the coolest stories of this coaching staff is that Coach Prime met a young Nick Williams, said, I'm going to hire you one day. And now he's coaching defensive ends at Colorado. It's crazy. I wonder at what point, and I'm sure he's answered this, maybe some of the JSU uh, people can can help with this, but I wonder at what point in Coach Prime's life he realized he wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. Because it's just very rare. Uh, and like just hearing those old stories of like, I'm going to, like he knew where he was. Coach Prime knew where he was going, mm-hmm. um, and you know he knew he started to understand who he wanted to bring with him. Pretty crazy, man. Yep. Coach Prime is something else. Uh, we have your question to Nick Williams. Some more info on that buff backer. Hey, Coach Ryan Konigsberg, DNVR. You talked about that buck position a little bit. Yes, sir. Um, it's an interesting position, just with like the types of guys you can have fit into that area. I'm curious maybe who you might see uh, fitting into that position for you guys and also what you're looking for out of that position. Well, I think Coach Hart hit it. Smart, fast, tough, disciplined with character. Um, you know, the defensive end position, physically, they look a little different because the buck position, you got to be, you know, a little athletic enough to stop the run in the run game, strike blockers, but then you have coverage responsibility. So you might have to cover running backs, tight ends out of the backfield. So I look for athletic guys. I like uh, guys that play multiple sports, basketball, track. Um, you know, I don't have a, a specified weight, but, you know, between 230 and 250, guys carry weight different. I like long guys, long, lean guys that can uh, get on the edge quick and affect the quarterback. But, you know, every guy's different. Um, I truly love guys that love ball, that want to get better, you know, that I don't have to push them to come in and do extra. You know, they're kind of waiting on you outside of the door type. And, um, but that's, that's what I look for, you know, smart, fast, tough, disciplined, and with character. Smart, tough, fast, disciplined, with character. We heard that a lot yesterday. Cop out. <laughs> <The> cop out. <laughs> kind of is. I respect it. I respect uh, staying true to the message. But he did answer the question. I mean, he, he did. Uh, he, uh, he copped out, and then he followed up. Uh, and you can start to envision what that guy looks like, right? Yep. Um, talked about former basketball players. Talked about how he wants them to be long. Talked mm-hmm. about the the weight and like you know, CU fan. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different guys you you can play. Like like Davion Taylor is a guy who played at CU and ended up going to the Eagles. I think he's still on the practice squad there. He was kind of perfect for that position because he was. You know, line a little undersized for a linebacker, uh, off ball. Mm-hmm. You know, had the speed though of like a safety. Yeah, uh, and was able to get after the quarterback. Was able to get out to the flat and blow up some of those screens. Um, you know that that Pac-12 teams love to run with the you know the bubbles and the tunnels. Um, but you can just start to envision the type of guy that he wants there. To me, he's talking about more of a true edge type of position maybe mm-hmm. a little bit lighter than the guys on the other side mm-hmm. um rather than like what we had talked about which was like oh maybe you can pull up trevor woods and play him up in that right. position like i'm seeing more that freakish athlete edge that now is being drafted up you know your nolan smith yep type um that we were, we're seeing blow up the combine for sure man um makes me think of those guys that coach brew goes after those tight end slash dn type guys yes that's yes. who I think of when Coach Nick Williams was describing who he wants to be his buckbacker. Um, there you go, guys. 
You can check out CU Buffs uh, football YouTube channel. has all these uploaded up there if you want to watch them in full. Uh, they're all pretty great. I think we learned quite a bit yesterday. Let's get to your questions, but real quick, shout out to our friends. And real quick, get us to 200 likes. There you go. Hit that like button to 26 away. But shout out to the American Raptors. If you didn't get the opportunity you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. Uh, the American Raptors now play in the Columbia Rugby Federation. And the best part about them is all their games are free. You can go to their games for free or stream all their games for free if you go to AmericanRaptors.com. Claim your tickets there. And you can stay up to date with all the news around the Raptors. Move to the brand new Super Rugby Americas by following along on DMVR Rugby. Colton keeps you covered with his weekly podcast and regular written content. Shout out American Raptors. Shout out Infinity Park. And shout out Colton Strickler. Question time. Who's first today? MLN, if CU, Utah, AU, ASU are the only ones going to the Big 12, what happens to Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Washington? They get Big 10 honors. We need a conference to contend with the SEC, maybe PAC plus Big 10 merge. What do you think? Yeah, I feel bad for our friend uh, Connor Johnson, who's been in the, yep. uh, the comments all day fighting for the goodwill of the Pac-12. <laughs> Back the pack, he uh, still says. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean... I don't know. Uh, Oregon and Washington will probably go to the Big Ten eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what happens to the Cal, Stanford, Oregon states of the world. Um, it's it's a tough situation. I mean, those places have big enough brands that they'll land somewhere. You know, mm -hmm. I, like I just it's going to be so weird because it looks like the Big Twelve is willing to be the first one to go super conference, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like how many people, how many participants do they have right now? I think they're at. 14, 14 or 16, 16 yeah. yeah that's what i was thinking as well so they're willing to go to 18 or 20 uh and that's going to open the door for other schools to jump on and you know maybe the acc says okay well we want to go big expansion and obviously yeah. it's weird as hell for oregon state to play in the acc right. but it's going to be this mad scramble for everyone to you know land somewhere because if you lose those four schools from the pac-12 that means you're down to six schools mm -hmm. right Yep. you don't even really have a conference anymore so yeah. everyone's uh, in a mad scramble to land somewhere uh and it sucks it does it's, it sucks for, for those places the good news for colorado is they were gonna have to go down like that uh six months ago now they're in a much better position yeah it looks like stanford is a t as a school that <clears throat> the big 10 really wants um, they keep on getting brought up there. I mean, that makes sense. It does make sense. But I do feel bad for the schools like Oregon State, who have really become like a formidable football program who just may be left empty-handed here in yep. a few months. For sure. Um, I'm seeing a lot in the comments. Yes, I do know Carmani McLean was on campus. It is on his Instagram for those Welcome who want to see. Welcome home, bud. Next question. The H family, thoughts on Emmanuel Okoye potentially being a buff tight end slash defensive end from Africa our recruiting knows no bounds. Count me in. So I think he is from Africa, but Ryan, he's attending the NFL Academy in London, England. Ah, perfect. Any relation to the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye? Um, looking through his 247 sports page, I don't get a lot of information on that. Okay. I can tell you he also plays basketball, though. 6'5", 230. That's well, a guy we were just talking about <laughs> on the edge. Yeah, there was gonna, I was going to say, there's our buckbacker. <laughs> yep. Uh, Four-star, 247 sport composite, 216th overall, 17th edge in this class. Sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, the Buffs just offered earlier this week. Awesome. So there you go. Next question from Eric. How are the black gold teams selected for the spring game? Who am I going to root for? Uh, you root for team no injuries is the team you root for. Yes, and, we can all uh, root for that team. Yeah, I don't know how the teams are selected, though. Yeah, I mean, it changes per, per each coach a lot of times. Like, I've seen them do a draft, mm -hmm. things like that, <clears throat> um, like a random selection type of thing. Uh, the problem is whoever has Shador is winning the game. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Easily, too, might yeah, I add. Exactly. And, <laughs> and that actually is a problem that goes beyond just the entertainment level of the spring game. It's the buffs need a better backup quarterback. They do. Yep. We still got a whole summer. Yep. Angela's back again. Jake and RK is the fear of Coach Prime making people nervous at USC, FSU, Miami. Being a doormat in a super conference is not fun. 
Coach Prime owns Florida now. USC has one recruit signed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everyone's nervous, I think, about I think Coach so. Prime. Um, someone else in the comments way earlier said, like, they're going to give Coach Prime games in Texas. It's over now. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I was just thinking about that. Like, oh, you're getting a game at TCU, Houston. Texas Tech, Houston every year. Like, yeah. Coach Prime might out-recruit Texas in Texas. Yep. Yeah, if you're someone like Houston thinking like, yes, we finally got up to the big, like, we're power five now, and then here comes Coach Prime. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, another question, Next, this one from Jay. Uh, have I seen that my work is being cited for Buffs News, CTLP Sports Club? Um, I did go look through it a bit. I've had some tweets kind of pulled up, and I have seen, like, my tweets show up in a lot of places recently. <laughs> That's awesome. It I is pretty that. cool. Uh, very cool. Zach Stevens gets the like, he shows up in the ESPN fantasy like news when you're, so ah, there's like news yeah. about your player, and it'll be like, Zach Stevens reports that <laughs> Jerry Judy practiced today. That's amazing. That's, I, I love it. That's, uh, that's goals right there, man. <laughs> uh, Lamar with the super chat again. Is the USC game a night game? We yeah, don't have no, yeah. any times for any games yet, um, but stay tuned. Is it none? None. Wow. Usually we have like one. Like the mm -hmm. CSU game, we'll know what time it nope. is. But we have at the spring game. There you go. One p.m. All right, <laughs> so. one p.m. April twenty second. Yeah, love it. Um, there it is. Got to two hundred one likes. Um, I'll just add, we appreciate the super chats, but guys, the best way to help us out: go to your favorite podcasting app or Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five star review, and if you're feeling super generous, if you wouldn't mind writing a view a review on how much you like the show, we'd really appreciate it. Last minute super chat from Big Teasy. We come in sco buffs. That's all. You guys are great. Thank you, Big Teasy. We appreciate you. Guys you guys are great as well. We appreciate you so much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, much love here. And Good week of shows. Weekend. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, hopefully, uh, the buffs don't change conferences over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll be seeing us sooner. <laughs> there you go. Sco buffs. Sco buffs. <laughs>